Welcome to Doctors at Work. This podcast is about doctors' careers. It's part of my mission to help others create successful and meaningful careers. Today's podcast is about the inner critic, and I'm having a conversation with Natalia Cereso-Martin. Now, how do you deal with your inner critic? Natalia tells me that the inner critic is a sign that there is a need for growth, and it's important not to get bullied by the inner critic, and I love her idea of taking your thoughts to court and examining factual evidence. Her top tips for dealing with the inner critic would be to identify it and to accept it and then to convert it into a force for growth. Welcome, Natalia. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Matt. So I'm Natalia Teresa Martin. I'm Spanish and I've been living in London for around 20 years. I am a leadership coach and I work with female leaders to empower them and supercharge their growth and to embrace challenges and lean into into the uncomfortable. So making sure that we can keep progressing within our professional life confidently and making sure that we truly step into our power. But um, before my my background actually comes from, from a corporate background in a variety of sectors from um, entertainment, hospitality, and my latest uh, experience was in cybersecurity, so quite varied. And the topic for us today is the inner critic. So tell me about the inner critic. So the inner critic is that nagly voice that we have. All of us have it um, and keep talking negatively ourselves, uh, but it's can get really loud and it can stop us from doing things and moving forward and keep growing. And where, where does the inner critic come from? Uh, it, it can come, I mean, it definitely can come from a, from a, from a very big variety. Uh, it, can, it can be down to, to your childhood and the way they raised and it can come up from, from fears um, it brings like it kind of taps into those insecurities that you have. And it comes from also a perfectionist uh, aspect to to life and wanting to make sure that you have control. Mm-hmm. And how does how does it show up in the workplace? Well, um, it's it shows up when well, in workplace, actually, so if, if we go for an assumption that in any workplace, the only certainty that you have is change, because there is no one day that is the same. Obviously, in as doctors, you can never know what's coming your way. And it's it shows up by saying, you're not good enough. Did you actually say the right thing? Are you certain about that? Can you manage that? So is that critical voice? that doubt your abilities and it will make me may, maybe doubt yourself on how to uh, go forward and actually will stop you maybe from doing things of um, you can't do that new role. Why would you apply for it? No one will want to hear about what you have to say. So therefore, why would you go into a conference to be a speaker? You will not succeed if you write that what paper it won't be published. So it can really show in in a true variety of ways. For me, if I think back, or if I think actually back and now, 
um, that I decided to set up my own business, there is that voice of like, what about if you fail? And that association with failure can be so paralyzing that then you're just stuck into this hard stone on the wall where you're like, I don't know what to do. Um, And before when you're a junior, it's that inner critic, it would be like, you don't good enough. You don't have experience. You shouldn't be doing this. And especially for junior doctors that they get placed in such a hard positions because they have to be dealing with the knowledge, but also with emotions yeah. is that doubt of like, what, what, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. So, so we need to be very aware when these inner critic that I, it can, it can be a little bit of a bully shows up. I certainly re- recognize some of those things, you know, maybe both in my career, past and present, um, and um, and also in some of the conversations that I have with people in relation to, as you say, you know, those things about putting yourself out there or applying for roles, you know, going for leadership positions, you know, standing to be on a society council, something like that. And, you know, people, you know, again, me, me included, we think, oh, you know, it's not for me. It's not for people like me. You know, I, I haven't got the skills. Um, and I suppose the other thing also that, 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 where I think that really appears is in, in kind of terms of the, 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 performance at work and by that I mean procedures I mean whether it's running board rounds running cardiac arrests surgical procedures that 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 um sometimes yeah sometimes people get people get paralyzed with worry so they, they don't do anything and if you can't well there's a job to be done and people are so paralyzed by by I don't know whether it's whether it's fear or whatever it is and people end up not doing it and and it's it's the worst possible thing to do um so yeah, I can I can I can sort of see how those kind of things are problematic. So you can you can miss um promotions and be overseen for for jobs or even exciting projects because the voice is telling you, hey, when in reality, what like you should be thinking is when you hear that voice, it's going like, oh, okay, so I have certain insecurities on those things. What are the, the the areas of focus for development? But that requires almost a level of confidence, right? Because this is, if we say it in that way, right, is when you were at school and you were a little child and there was that bully that would come and push you around and you would be like, oh, my God, no, I don't want, I don't want to get in any trouble, so I'm not going to do anything about this. So the inner critic is that bully that you can continuously carry on your shoulders that is constantly saying, you're not good enough. You're not going to be able to do it. So it it can get really, really heavy. And especially, and, and tell me tell me what your opinion is of this. When you're young, it's hard. How, how it's kind of like, show up so continuously that you're like oh my god I really don't know what to do so for example when you first started how do you make sure that you were showing up to your appointments and to your trainings and like listening but not being stopped by your inner critic so I think the the in terms of the practical things 
it's for me and maybe for lots of other doctors, it would be there's a patient at the center of this. And, and you know, and, and, and it's it's that 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 trumps everything else. And I'm going to I'm going to come back sort of to this idea because because we talked about the inner critic and the bully. But you also you told me there's a different version, which is, you know, not the inner critic. We'll call it something else. But there's a different version, which is this. This is telling me something about what I need to do. You know, the inner friend or whatever, rather than the inner bully. So, so I'll come back onto that in a second. But but for me, you know, it's that. Dealing with it is, well, you know, there's patients at the center. This is a job I need to do. These people need me. Um, and and, and that, that, I think, overcomes it. Um, but I think sort of the, the, the other, the non-patient related stuff, um, I think I probably, I probably gave in to the inner bully. But you know what's changed now is, is um, I don't care what anybody else thinks. <laughs> that's called aging. Yeah, you know, that, that the patient focus stuff, you know, that was tough. But, you know, there's a there's a patient here. I've got to do the right thing for the patient. And no, ma- no matter what was going on for me internally, I've got to deliver that for the patient. But the non-patient stuff, I always say, oh, what will they think? You know, they, they won't like me. Whereas now I say, oh, who cares what they think? So, so I like that. I like that what you're saying is actually have an external motivator so it's not down to you actually you're showing up for your patient and I think that's a very powerful um, tool to carry forward when you're starting as a as a junior doctor do it don't do it for you if you can't find that strength do it for your patients yeah right and to me is I I did it for me like I also I'm like my background is very much customer engagement, customer eccentricity. Um, and I always wanted to make sure I show up. But for me was my motivation was personal growth. So how am I growing if I do this, even if I'm rubbish at it? Yeah. How how can I grow? What what does this add? If I put myself in this position, if I try this this thing and I fail, if I implement this process and it actually doesn't help us at all, what does it add to me? And and that helped me to bypass that bully. But saying that, I'm 41 years old now. So I'm a little bit more in, in that point of like, I care less. But when I first started to to focus on setting up my leadership business, um, coaching business full time, and I had uh, to do a lot more posts on LinkedIn, I had this inner critic like running in my head. No one will care. Who are you to tell them what they should think or what you sh- they should do? Why would they listen to you? And the reality is that one of the best tools that I got um, given by uh, my therapist was when those thoughts are running wild, take them to court. Okay, tell me. Right. So when you go to court, I've never been in court really. Well, actually, no, I was I was actually called to be um, in court for as jury duty. Jury service, yeah. 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 So you have two sides. 
one one defending and and one accusing, right? So what you can't bring to court are thoughts. Thoughts are no value. You need to bring evidence. Okay. So when you take in a thought to court, what you need to bring is evidence. So no one cares about what you have to say. Okay, cool. What are the evidence for and against? And you need to start making a list. And, you know, like for me with LinkedIn, it's like, well, no one has interacted with my post. Okay, cool. But you can see how many views your post has had. So is that is that really true? Because I can actually bring this evidence that say otherwise. Mm-hmm. And you start going into this process, and I'm not saying it's an easy process, by the way. This is not something that you go like, you fall into it and it's super easy. Mm-hmm. Because by default, when your inner critic is on, like it's like no 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 let me take let me tell you let me show you let me so you need to go through that process of like okay in reality what else do you bring and is this true do we have evidence that this is 100 true that argument that you put in towards forwards and against and it's a really great exercise when i first started with my therapist on that she actually made me keep a log so i had to log everything like my evidence against and for, and then running through her and see would actually question a lot of my evidence because they're like, no, this, this, sorry, this won't pass. This won't pass yeah. as, as, as her evidence because it's not her evidence. And that was life changing for me. Yeah. You know, so when your body, your mind becomes irrational, you have to balance it with rationality. I hope you're enjoying the show. Please click subscribe so you'll be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is part of my mission to help doctors create successful and meaningful careers. You can be part of that mission too by forwarding this show to one person who you think might benefit from listening. Thank you. Now on with the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. And, and I'm specifically thinking in operating theatres, yeah? When sort of people say, I can't do this procedure, I can't do this step, you know, I can't move be, beyond X, Y, and Z. Uh, and, and, and it's like, you know, okay, sort of what, what's, what's the thinking behind that? And, and it's, you know, there's that sort of inner bully that says you can't do that. And it's like, well... You know, you've learned another operation. Okay, you, you know, I can't learn this operation yet, but there's the 700 other operations you've learned to do. So, you, you know, so, so, so there, there we go. Facts. Yeah. So, so I love, I love that. But, you know, the other thing I was really interested in is you, you talk about, you know, there's the inner critic, the inner bully, but you, but you, you converted that into, into your own personal growth. So that that's a totally different mindset, isn't it? It's it's not I I am being pushed around, I am being ruled by the inner critic versus I'm in charge of my destiny. So that's a total mind shift. So the inner critic goes almost hand in hand with your imposter syndrome, right? Okay. <laughs> Where you're like, shouldn't be here. Yeah. Don't have enough experience, don't have enough knowledge. And that doesn't change throughout life. I would like to say that. Now I don't have those questions. 
I react faster to to stop them. That's what I do, right? But I do believe that your inner critic and imposter syndromes are your detectors for growth. So every time you have a thought that says, Matt, you're not able to make a podcast, mm-hmm. right? It's because these areas of making a podcast that you're not very good at it. You're not an expert, right? And this is this is that that balance of like, oh, I should know everything in order to do these things. So what is the very minimum you need to do? What's the minimum viable knowledge that you need to have to feel confident? So when you go and say, hey, I don't think I can do you, I don't think you can do a podcast. Why would you try? You go like, well, actually, I'm very engaging and talking to people so I could have great conversations, which are the basis of having a podcast. Yeah. You're curious, which is also great. Okay, I don't know enough about what technology they they use for podcasts. Can you what what can you do to fill those gaps? Yeah. You know, so if you start being curious about why this this voice is in your head, then you start seeing the action plan that you need in order to feel more confident and keep growing. Mm-hmm. And normally your inner critic comes because you're out of your comfort zone. And if you are a person that wants to remain all the time in the comfort zone, that's that's good, that's valid. It means that your growth will slow down. That's the reality. It goes one with the other. The moment you're stepping out of your comfort zone, you're going to doubt yourself more. And therefore, this is your moment for growth. Mm-hmm. And you can keep identifying what are the areas that will help you to be more confident in that area of growth that you just identified. So it's kind of like a loving, tender process of what next. What do I need next in order to say that I can do that podcast? And now if I answer the question and then you do, well, you need to do sound editing. What do you need to know about sound editing? I need to know also how to put some introduction pictures. So what else? And I'm pretty sure I'm I'm choosing the podcast as an example. But did you have that inner critic when you were trying to build your podcast? Uh, absolutely, and I said the difference maybe within me now when I'm when I'm fifty is is that um, is that I you know I don't really care. So you know if one person <laughs> listens, well that's fine, great. I've helped one person, so so I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's my way of dealing with it. Is is that 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 you know okay? Maybe I haven't got a million listeners, but if there's one person that I've helped, that's been worth my while, and I've had a good time. <laughs> I, I was going to get to that point, and I was like. But the most important thing is that you should also do it for for yourself. You know, what is what you have learned so far out of making a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. So so we've got we've got the inner critic on one hand as something that that's problematic because it stops you doing stuff. It paralyzes you. And and but the paradox is that, that it's 
it's it's actually it's the very thing that you need to do you know what you need to do you need to grow and you need to develop there's something that matters and i need to grow i need to develop you know whether that's operating or podcast or whether that's you know board rounds or exams whatever it is for doctors but you know that there's something that's important something that you want to do but the the inner critic is the very signal that tells you that this is an area where you need to grow is the thing that if you're not careful can actually paralyze you and sabotage the very thing that you want to be achieving. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's, if if you want my recipe for um, the inner critic or harnessing the inner critic, let's, let's say it that way, it would be the first step is identify it. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not if you're not identifying it, then you're just letting it run over you. So so listen listen to yourself and give yourself that grace of like, oh, hang on, what what is what is in the back of my head? Then is accepted. It's like okay, I can feel there is this this thing in me that is trigger triggering normally negative feelings, and then. When you're accepting it and sitting in it, create that plan of growth. Mm-hmm. So those those three steps, are they easy? Absolutely not. You know, recognizing that it's like, oh, I'm being a bully, taps on that vulnerability. It's like, I have fears. Mm-hmm. This, this is triggering fears. This is triggering insecurities. Mm-hmm. Accepting it is saying, you need to be kind to yourself. And we can be kind to everyone, to people we don't know, to our families, to our friends. The moment it comes to be kind to ourselves, because we're holding ourselves to these standards that are way higher than to anyone else, people might go like, mm, you're being weak. That's not very good. But actually, we just need to go like, hey, I, I see you. I see you. And accepting you and not only that I'm going to embrace you mm-hmm. and that embrace is that plan of I'm going to reassure you constantly through this process that we're going to be fine yeah. wonderful I, I I love that plan what um, my final question Natalia what would be your top tips for doctors at work in relation to the inner critic I think follow those three steps, take your thoughts to court all the time because you already have gone through such an in-depth training. You already have put yourself so many times of your comfort zone that you have, you're leaving proof that you overcome that inner critic many times. So just remind yourself of how strong and amazing you are. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Natalia. Thank you very much, Matt.